America's Oldies But Goodies, Episode 25. Exception of antibiotics, there's not a single prescription drug that cures anything. All other prescription drugs other than antibiotics treat the symptom. They're specifically designed to treat the symptom. People say, oh my gosh, I was in pain so long with bone bone arthritis. That opioid, the doctor prescribed it perfect. In three seconds, my pain went away for the first time in 20 years. I will never give that doctor up. I will never give up that opioid. Well, the disease keeps getting worse and worse and worse. You get a fractured hip or something like that. Compression fractures your vertebrae. Now you need fusing your vertebrae together. You need knee replacements, hip replacements, and so forth. And the doctor knew that was coming. But he made you feel good and got you attached to him by giving you pain relief. Welcome to another encounter with some groovy moments from the past. We're visiting the 60s with host Dick Scopatoni, whose pop group Harper's Bazaar had a hit record back then called Feelin' Groovy. He'll be talking with our guests about a decade that shaped a whole generation, not only with the most magnificent music ever made, but also the politics, protests, and pretty much everything that happened in the swingin' 60s. So Dick, who's on today's show? Thanks, John. I learned that I had type 2 diabetes a little over 20 years ago, and since that time I've been on and off various drugs to keep my numbers down. A healthy blood sugar level should be somewhere between 95 and 110, but for us type 2s, we could be anywhere from 150 to 200 on any given day. I've checked out various programs over the years to try and get those numbers down. Two years ago, I eliminated as much processed sugar as I could because it's in virtually everything on the supermarket shelves. And the result was beneficial. My numbers came down, but what was even more of a surprise was that I lost 15 pounds, and I wasn't even trying to lose weight. Matter of fact, I'd sworn off all diets because they just don't work for me. Case in point, I'm back on sugar again today. So uh, since most of my listeners are in the baby boomer generation, we're going to meet Dr. Joel Wallach, who is a pioneer of the health supplement program called Longevity. And we'll focus on the particular health issues facing those of us who are ages 50 and up. Dr. Joel Wallach coming up in just a moment. for retro and vintage merchandise, you'll find some fabulous buys at Dick's website, americasoldiesbutgoodies.com. Autograph records, tiki mugs, golf memorabilia, even a Paul McCartney signed album cover. Check it out at americasoldiesbutgoodies.com. By the way, you can listen to every episode of our show there too. That's americasoldiesbutgoodies.com. Dr. Joel Wallach is a biomedical research pioneer that has spent decades in the field of veterinary medicine observing and researching the effects of individual nutrients on animal health. He became a naturopathic physician in 1982, and today, Doc Wallach is renowned for his groundbreaking research on the health benefits of selenium and other minerals. He now dedicates part of his time to lecturing throughout the world on the therapeutic benefits 
deficits of vitamins and minerals, and on advising the U.S. Food and Drug Administration on behalf of the dietary supplement industry. Some 20 years ago, he founded a company called American Longevity, which today is known as Youngevity, a company that provides products that benefit health-conscious consumers. So today, we're going to focus on the baby boomer generation, because most of my listeners are in that age group, and we want to look at how people in their 50s and up deal with their health issues. So, Dr. Joel, welcome to America's Oldies But Goodies. Well, thank you so much, Dick. I always appreciate uh, the oldies and goodies, and so appreciate being on with you. I think you and I are probably close in age. I'm 72. So, and most of my listeners, most of the podcasts I do are with 60s music groups. And we're talking about the songs from the 60s. And and I myself was in a music group in the 60s. I don't know if you remember the song Feeling Groovy by Harper's Bazaar, but that was my group. So great music. Yeah, and that whole the whole 60s era of music was still the highlight in my life and as I mentioned in the introduction most of my listeners are in that 50s and up age group 50 to probably 80. And so I thought one of the things we could talk about today is how is that age group affected? But usually when I interview the 60s music groups that are on my show, I always like to hear about what they were doing before they became successful. So I'm going to put a little bit of a different twist on that. Let's talk about the dietary supplement industry and where it was three or four decades ago prior to when you started Longevity. How has that industry changed over the years? Okay, well, Dick, is a very good question. Uh, basically, in human health, uh, whether it's over-the-counter or prescription by doctors, there's always one nutrient. Oh, you need more vitamin C. You have an anemia, you're going to get uh, iron supplements. They never really looked at a complete package because they felt incorrectly, but they felt that um, you could get everything you needed just by eating well, kind of like putting Texas dirt in your car instead of all hoping there was some oil in it because it was dirt from Texas. <laughs> okay. didn't work out very well, but that was the belief that if you ate well, you got everything you needed, and every once in a while you might need some extra iron, some extra vitamin C, some B vitamins, and so on. And it was never really used therapeutically. It was always supplemental to medication. And people have to appreciate, Dick, that with the exception of antibiotics, which do kill bacterial things like syphilis and Lyme disease and uh, bacterial pneumonia and bacterial encephalitis and so forth, salmonella, with the exception of antibiotics, there's not a single prescription drug that cures anything. All other prescription drugs other than antibiotics treat the symptom. They're specifically designed to treat the symptom. People say, oh, my gosh, I was in pain so long with bone bone arthritis. That opioid, the doctor prescribed it perfect. In three seconds, my pain went away for the first time in 20 years. I will never give that doctor up. I will never give up that opioid. Well, the disease keeps getting worse and worse and worse. So you get a fractured hip or something like that. Compression fractures your vertebrae. Now you need fusing your vertebrae together. You need knee replacements, hip replacements, and so forth. And the doctor knew that was coming. But he made you feel good and got you attached to him by giving you pain relief. It's just like blood sugar. You manage your blood sugar when you have diabetes. That's not dealing with diabetes because diabetes is a simple deficiency of a single nutrient. We've known that for 82 years. You can get rid of type 2 diabetes in weeks. But my doctor says it's genetic. Well, your doctor is giving him this information. And so these are the sort of thing we've been battling over the years, getting information out to people. And I really appreciate you allowing us to get this information to your great listeners. Well, I think it's important that, and I think for quite a few years, I have to go back to, I'm going to say, somewhere around 1996, Andrew Weil had sort of popped up above the surface. I had never heard of him before, but, and that for me, that was kind of a mini introduction to uh, alternative medicine. I haven't followed him in quite a while, but back in the, in the late uh, 90s, he was the guy that was making all the headlines for alternative medicine. I'm not sure what he's doing now. Do you ever come across him in any well, of he's sort of, well, he's semi-retired. He, of course, came out of obscurity. The alternative health industry was looked at kind of askew 50 years ago. And when I found the cause, prevention, and cure for cystic fibrosis, it wasn't genetic. It was just a simple nutritional deficiency during pregnancy. Uh, Time magazine, I did a whole big series of interviews of 2020, which they aired. And... Everybody was rushing my direction. And then, of course, 
I got fired because I said cystic fibrosis was not genetic. It was a simple nutritional deficiency of the embryo. It could be reversed even after the baby was born. They fired me at Emory University uh, in Atlanta. So they were looking. They'd already geared up to do this alternative issue in Time Magazine. So they found him. He was a Harvard graduate and was kind of in line with the steps and everybody voted for him. So he was the cover article, which I should have been on in Time Magazine. Mm-hmm. And that threw him into the international light. And that's where he became famous. Yeah. On that cover of that Time Magazine. That was supposed to be me. Yeah. Oh, geez. Okay. I didn't know that. And then a similar thing happened in 2011. I had brought uh, in 2009 the cause, prevention, and cure of muscular dystrophy to Jerry Lewis. And he took it to the Muscular Dystrophy Foundation in 2010 after he and his people investigated and, and saw that we had actually reversed muscular dystrophy in kids and uh, that their doctors agreed to it. And so he took it to the, to the um, Muscular Dystrophy Association where he had for 44 years done the telethons on Labor Day, which is coming up here pretty quick. Yeah. And for 44 years had raised over $2 billion for them. They fired Jerry Lewis for bringing him the cure. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, and that's why the telethon stopped in 2011 because he brought them the cure for Muscular Dystrophy. And so poor Jerry was just devastated. And, of course, we're going to make sure that everybody knows the story. I'm going to be like Paul Harvey and tell the rest of the story uh-huh. why they fired Jerry Lewis and stopped the telethon because the cure had been found for mustard history. And the Mustard History Foundation didn't want to find the cure. They just wanted to look for the cure. Sure, which they had been doing for years and bringing in a certain amount of notoriety and funding as well as a result of the looking. Mm-hmm. So, uh, in other words, actually finding the cure was problematic for them. Yes, exactly. And of course, uh, we're going to make sure that Jerry's legacy is fulfilled and everybody will know that he really uh, was the guy that brought the cure of muscular and the prevention of muscular to the muscular association. And uh, he was just devastated when they uh, stopped the telethon after 44 years Yeah, uh, because they didn't want him telling the truth. And he just passed away a couple of days ago. And I yeah. did a Paul Harvey thing about the rest of the story and Jerry Lewis and the telethon, uh, why he was, he was terminated because he brought them the cure. You know what? I would like to take a listen to that. Do you have any idea where and when it's going to air the, the Paul Harvey version of what you did? Well, it's on uh, the archive shows because I actually did a sort of mini version of it uh, Monday. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Which was yesterday. Right. Um, and so one of those things were. I have big things coming. I actually have done an autopsy on the Earth, and I know the cause of climate change and global warming and CO2 elevations. I know how to prevent them. I know how to reverse it. And so this is a this will be the big thing coming out, is the autopsy on Earth. Uh, we're first going to submit it to Nature magazine and see if they take it. If they don't take it, we'll just publish it ourselves. That's interesting. Totally out of left field. I would have never thought that, but it sounds very, sound like it could be pretty captivating. If I were to s- simply go to longevity.com, would I be able to trace any of these things uh, through that site, or where might, no. what's the best site to go to? Uh, the best site to go to is either wallachfiles.com, thewallachfiles.com, or drjwallach.com. All right. So the I'm writing this down, the wallachfiles.com. Like the X-Files, yeah, the wallachfiles.com or drjwallach.com. Talking about baby boomers, what are some of the health challenges that baby boomers face? And for purposes of numbers, again, let's just say from age 50 on up, how can supplement use benefit that age group in particular? When you look at the pre-existing conditions, which is on the front page of the newspapers and TV and radio all the time now, because that's the reason given our insurance premiums going up and the deductibles going up and insurance companies moving out of various states and things and some counties having no insure, insurers and so forth, these pre-existing conditions. Well, they're all nutritional deficiencies. They're all nutritional deficiencies. And these nutrients never occurred uniformly across the crust of the earth. Some areas had lots of them. Some areas had few. Some areas had none. Plants only require three elements from the soil dick. All vertebrates, including humans, require 60 from the soil. So you can be 57 short and eating some pretty nice-looking food. Yeah. Organic food doesn't mean anything about the nutritional value of it. It means less chemicals, which is a good thing. But being organic doesn't mean anything about the nutritional value of the food. It just has less chemicals, less pollution in it. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. They're two different issues. 
the reason why we're getting an epidemic of type 2 diabetes, the reason why we're the number one obese nation, well, we're number one, Dick, in obesity. Jeez. And, of course, the theory for the last 125 years has been, well, you're not exercising enough and you're eating too much. Well, that failed because we're the number one obese nation in the world, yet we have more people entered into fitness centers and exercise things in Zumba and Bamba and all this stuff mm-hmm. uh, all over the place, and we're the number one obese nation in the world. It turns out that obesity is due to a deficiency of any one of the nutrients in a certain class of nutrients, and if, you're, if there's three of them, if you're deficient in any one of those, you're going to be the 300, 600, 800 pound person, and these are the people that I deal with are the big, big, big folks, and they'll lose a half pound to two pounds a day just with supplementation without exercise. And so then there's cardiovascular disease. None of it has anything to do with cholesterol or saturated fat. All cardiovascular disease has to do with a combination of inflammation, uh, eating fried foods and processed meats with nitrates and nitrites, oil, things like coconut oil, uh, olive oil, margarine, mayonnaise, oil, cooking oil, and gluten, wheat, brown, and oats. All those things contribute to cardiovascular disease, plaque in the arteries, congestive heart failure, a deficiency of a single vitamin, cardiomyopathy, heart disease, a sudden heart death of athletes is caused by deficiency of a single mineral, ruptured aneurysms are caused by deficiency of another a different mineral, and so forth. And I've documented all this through a National Institutes of Health study. It was a 10-year study where I did 20,000 autopsies, Dick, 20,000 autopsies, There's 17,000 and some change of over 454 species of zoo animals in big cities around the United States, but also 3,000 human beings. What I learned was that every vertebrate, whether you're a human being or a flamingo or a turtle or a fish or an elephant or a giraffe or a pig or a rabbit or a sheep, um, all vertebrates, when you're deficient in the same nutrient, you're going to get the same disease. Hmm. So I'm finding, in this autopsy study, I'm finding crocodiles and alligators with type 2 diabetes. Oh. I'm finding sickle cell anemia and hummingbirds and deer. And this was a revelation. And, of course, the book that came out of that, which is my thesis for my postdoctoral fellowship in, in, in parapathology, uh, 1,200 pages is in the Smithsonian Institute as a national treasure because it shows very clearly that all the diseases that doctors said were genetically transmitted were just simple nutritional deficiency diseases, preventable, and in most cases curable even after the baby's born. Sounds like there's an awful lot of backup that you've done to support all of the uh, the research and involvement yeah. in this whole industry. And, of course, you're able to talk about it uh, freely because I think you've spent a lot of time with it. You and I have yet to meet, but we'll meet one of these days. As a matter of fact, after we're done today, I want to think in terms of maybe uh, getting back to you, let's say, in six months' time and doing a second interview and finding out what's gone on, you know, over the last six months. Sure, would be honored. Have any of the people that you've worked with over the years left a memorable impression on you? Any names come to mind? Oh, yeah. Evander Holyfield rebuilt his heart when he had his heart attack during the championship fight at age 31, came back and boxed for eight more years. Uh, Pat Boone, uh, he just sent me a letter, or not a letter, email letter, a couple of weeks ago. I rebuilt him. He had terrible, terrible arthritis in his back and his hips and his shoulders. Rebuilt him, and he said, Doc, I'm playing three sets of tennis a day now, huh? and I'm beating 25-year-olds, and I'm 83 years old. That's, so thank you. Isn't, <laughs> isn't that something? Now, you know what's interesting? I just sent his agent, I'm going to say maybe a week ago, a request for a phone interview, and I haven't yeah. heard back from him, but I would love oh, to interview him. fabulous. He and his wife, they are surely, they're just the most fabulous people, and I love them to pieces. And then, of course, a lot of professional athletes, including Theo Ratliff, Drew Pearson, you know, the Hail Mary Pass guy, Drew Pearson from the Dallas Cowboys, rebuilt him, all kinds of Olympic basketball players, uh, NCAA uh, All-Americans, uh, um, Kelly Heron from University of Memphis. Uh, she could hit the um, three-pointers from half court nine out of ten times in one hand. And she tore her rotator cuff and her shooting arm. I rebuilt her. She came back. was better than ever. Hmm. So these are the sort of people that I deal with. A lot of entertainers, Danny Glover, those kind of people. This, this, here's one for you. He's on the road again. Oh, Willie. <laughs> Willie Nelson, yeah. <laughs> uh, rebuilt him. He couldn't play the guitar for long. His hands were like hooks, so, I mean, frozen. Yeah. Rebuilt him so he can play his own guitar now. And uh, he's a lot of fun. His grandmother and my grandmother were very similar. They were both bootleggers and bookies back in the day. Huh? Okay, <laughs> all right. Oh, it sounds like you come across an awful lot of people. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, Andy Young from the Civil Rights Movement. Oh, yes. His, yeah, rebuilt him. He was the ambassador of the United Nations when I rebuilt him. He was scheduled for a double 
uh, double uh, knee replacement surgery, rebuilt him. He introduced me to kings and ambassadors and all kinds of stuff after that. I've spoken to the U.N. two times, and I'm getting ready to speak again this year for a couple of times. Andrew Young, I didn't. I, I'm locally here in my area of Scotts Valley, which is very near Santa Cruz, California. Been involved with the Rotary for a while. Anyway, the Rotary had their convention in Atlanta, which I didn't get, get a chance to go to. I think it was two months ago. Mm-hmm. But uh, Andrew Young was there, and he spoke, and everybody that heard him was was pretty impressed with the guy. So you know, he he takes the program. You know, his age, he he looks 25 years younger than he is. And, yeah. You know, he introduced me to great people like Nelson Mandela. He's their program. He lives in 95. Oh, yeah. After 27 years in a horrible prison. I see by the old clock on the wall, it's time for a quick break. We'll be back in less than a minute. Look for the bare necessities, the simple bare necessities. Forget about your worries and your stress. I mean the bare necessities or Mother Nature's recipes that bring the bare necessities of life. Wherever I wander, wherever I roam, I couldn't be found off my big home. The bees are buzzing in the tree to make some honey just for me. When you look under the rocks and plants and take a glance at the fancy ants, then maybe try a few. The bare necessities of life will come to you. They'll come to you. Later in today's show, I'm going to tell you my story about type 2 diabetes. But first, let's talk about Longevity, the program that I've joined that was started by Dr. Joel Wallach, who's on a 40-year mission to educate people about proper nutrition and supplementation, which is the real solution for optimal health and longevity. I've set up a website to tell you all about it, reduceyournumbers.com. That's it, www.reduceyournumbers.com. ReduceYourNumbers.com. I put my story on that site to let you know what I'm doing to improve my health. Both my wife Mimi and I use Longevity supplements every day. And as a result, now I'm a crusader for Doc Wallach and what I consider to be the best health program I have yet to encounter. So please check it out at www.ReduceYourNumbers.com. You know, let me flip-flop this around and say, in spite of all of our various successes, there was probably a few hills that we couldn't climb. What's your best failure story? Or do you even have a failure story that comes to mind? Well, the failure story that comes to my mind, uh, Dick, is that I found the cause, prevention, cure of cystic fibrosis. Everybody agreed on my monkeys that I... I sent them the tissues. I didn't tell them it was from a monkey. I said, this, I think this is cystic fibrosis. What do you think? And on their letterhead from all over the world, a dozen different experts on the pathology of CF said, oh, yeah, that's a classic example on their letterhead. So I took that, uh, got permission to do a biopsy in the other non-related baby monkeys in the colony. It was a NASA colony at Emory University and Yerkes Primate Center in Atlanta. It all had cystic fibrosis, so it was an environmental problem in that colony, not genetic because none of these animals are related genetically. Figured it out by looking at the frozen blood samples from the parents and the babies. Gave them the nutrients and it all went away. Got it ready for publication. Took it to the powers that be and they fired me. No. They said, well, everybody knows it's genetic. I said, no, it's not genetic. Why don't you get a committee together and treat me like a PhD student and, and challenge my thesis? And they said, no, we've been laughed out of the university. And so they fired me. And that's when I went back to school and became a physician. I'm licensed today the primary care physician, the naturopathic physician in Oregon and California uh, since 1982. I find that a failure that politically I couldn't get that through the, the powers of be. Well, then, of course, in 2011, they fired Jerry Lewis. Because yeah. I had shown him the cause, prevention, cure of muscular dystrophy. He took it to them all excited, and the Muscular Dystrophy Foundation fired Jerry Lewis. It just devastated him. Sure. And so... And we're going to make sure that Jerry Lewis gets the credit for this. I'm just not surprised but saddened by the Munster District Association came out and said, oh, we're so sorry to learn of Jerry's passing, and we want everybody to donate money in his name after they had fired him. Wrong with that picture. Yeah, there definitely is. You know, it's pretty amazing. And I don't know if it's happening more or it may be 
just the nature of the news media itself. I'm hearing more. All of us are hearing more about a lot of disparities happening now. I guess if I had to make an assessment of life in these United States today, uh, it feels to me like there's a lot of confusion going on, a lot of people fighting with each other, a lot of craziness happening. And I, I'm not sure what's causing all this. But as you mentioned, these situations with the, like the firing, like you got fired and Jerry Lewis got fired. What, what's that really tied to? Is that a public perception uh, situation? What, what's causing that? Well, the, just if you look at the medical industry, they have failed us terribly. You know, our children be the first generation of Americans that do not live as long as their parents. We rank 43rd in the world, even though we spend more money in all the countries the world combined. We, we rank 43rd in the world in longevity. The number three cause of death in America, according to Johns Hopkins, very well-respected medical school, just came out a couple of months ago. They said the number three cause of death in America is medical mistakes in hospitals. 251,000 Americans are killed each year in hospitals by simple medical mistakes. Hmm. 251,000, Dick. Yeah. Now, what if Iran or North Korea were to send over an intercontinental ballistic missile with a horrible weapon and kill 251,000 Americans? It'd be war immediately. Sure. There's one trade that does it every year in the workplace. They don't even get an OSHA ticket. Now, they're protecting their territory when they see something like me or Jerry Lewis come along that has a... 180 degree different view of it. Instead of saying, "Okay, we're gonna, we're we're skeptical. We're going to give you Wallach, 100 kids. We're going to assign 100 kids with cystic fibrosis, uh, some two years old, some eight years old, some 15 years old, some 20 years old. We're going to assign them to you. You're going to have to pay for everything. We're not going to pay you anything. And let's see what your program does for them. That would have been fair. Yeah. Same thing with Jerry Lewis. Let's do that with mustard history. That would have been fair. Mm-hmm. But they didn't do that. Trying to protect their niche trying to protect their reputation. They didn't want to be the researcher, the head of the Department of Pediatric Medicine, who is teaching a false theory for their entire 40 years of their professional life. They're trying to protect their legacy. And so in my day, uh, you didn't see much of that. Well, now with social media, I mean, everybody, including the janitor, you know, and the guy who uh, cleans your pool, knows everything before you do. They know everything about you before you do because of social media. What do you think, it just comes to mind at the moment, in terms of being discerning, I'm not sure if there is any particular news channel on TV that I would rely on more than any other. But how does one get through this whole wrangle tangle of uh, fake news or whatever you want to call it and ultimately get down to something fairly close to the truth? Is there a way, a uh, process that will get you there? Yes, and of course. What I do is I teach people how to do their own physicals. Dick, you can do the same physical your doctor will do in his office for $2,000. You can do it for $4.50. I actually have a little book called Let's Play Doctor. It goes into how to do your own physicals, what numbers to look at, and so forth, and how to do them. The exact same physical a doctor will do. You can go to a pharmacy without a prescription, and you can get their, your blood test strips, your urine test strips, the equivalent of a colonoscopic exam, each for buck fifty each. They come in bottles of five or ten of the strips. Do it yourself. You can take your own blood pressure, your own pulse. You can measure yourself. You can weigh yourself. You can tell with the cost of the dot of ink on the door jam. You know, you put like above your head like you do kids showing how, how much they grew from last year. Mm-hmm. Kind of thing. A measure from the floor to that dot. And you say, by golly, I've shrunk an inch since I was 20 years old. Well, you have degenerative disc disease, and it only costs you the amount of ink that was in that dot. Yeah, yeah. Now, if you go get a... CAT scan or an MRI to see if you have degenerative disc disease, it costs 2500 bucks. Sure. Now, here's the example which will tell people why they need to get that book, Let's Play Doctor, and learn how to do their own physicals. Um, let's say you have the symptoms of type 2 diabetes. You're peeing a lot. You're losing weight no matter how much you eat. Um, you're hungry all the time. And so somebody in your family says, you know, Roy, you might have type 2 diabetes. You better run to the doctor. So you go to the doctor. He sticks you once. Oh, my gosh, your pleasure is too far. You have type 2 diabetes. He puts it down in your records. Immediately, when he sends that into the insurance company for to, to pay him, your monthly premiums go up. They triple. Mm-hmm. Your deductible goes from $600 to $6,000. Because yep. now you have a pre-existing condition that's supposed to be genetic, right? Sure. Whereas if you'd have done it yourself, it would have cost you a couple of bucks in test strips. And that was it. 
Yeah. And it wouldn't be in your permanent record. Mm -hmm. So today, with what we have is access to all the same equipment. Take your own blood pressure, take your pulse, you weigh yourself, you measure yourself, take your blood test, your urine test, your colonoscopic exam yourself for a total of $4.50. Everybody in your family should be taught how to do all this stuff, and you should do it weekly. I mean, it costs you a couple of bucks, two, three dollars weekly, and teach your kids how to do these things and avoid going to the doctor because you suspect you have arthritis or you suspect you have diabetes. You do not want to get this on your permanent records because then all your insurance cost goes up. Yes. Yeah, that's okay. right. And I, I want to talk about that, although it's not on my list of questions. I want to go there. But before I do, tell me the name of the book again. And can I go to the wallachfiles.com to get a link to that? Well, that would be drjwallach.com. drjwallach.com has all my books on that file, okay, including Let's Play Doctor. That's the one you want to do your own physicals. Tells you everything you need to know. I mean, you'll know more than doctors when it comes to your physical, what it means and so forth. The doctors have a very narrow, regimented view of things, and that's why they freak out when somebody comes out with something that's a little bit different view instead of saying, well, I'm kind of curious. I'll look that up a little bit, and can you? I've got a couple of patients that have been resistant to my standard treatment, but let's work together on this one and see if we can't help them. But they never do that. They never do that. And, and so the patient has to begin to take over and, and leave the doctor out of the loop. Well, you know, one of the things I've noticed, of course, for years, I'm going in to see my diabetes guy here, I think, in two weeks. I see him once every six months. And I, I think my A1C is probably going to come down. Oh, it will. I've only because of what I've been doing with the longevity products, but without actually going there, uh, because I know you guys are pretty clear about not making any claims that are outside the bounds. But nonetheless, I know how it's affecting me, so that's enough for me. But uh, in going to see him, it kind of brings up this subject of what a typical doctor does during the day. And it seems to be, and I could be wrong about this, but I would think that uh, how long you have to sit in a waiting room, first of all, gives you some idea of how busy the doctor is. And in addition to that, doctors, I think, probably gain most of their information about what they're going to prescribe for people from the salespeople from the pharmaceutical companies that come through on a regular basis. Does that sound about right? Yeah, that's exactly right. And, of course, there's another element here, and that is this was a study that was done by Harvard Medical School. Lucien LePay, the head of the Department of Public Health, did this survey in 1990. He found out that 52% of licensed physicians are intoxicated during the day. Oh, jeez. 52%. And this is alcohol, street drugs, and prescription drugs. And this is one of the reasons why the number three cause of death in America is simple mistakes in hospitals. 251,000 killed each year. It doesn't say how many. The study doesn't say how many were injured, okay, but the 251,000 were killed. So you have to imagine there's be three, four, five times that many who were injured. And, of course, doctors are creative. Uh, just a couple of months ago, the U.S. Justice Department arrested 421 doctors and head nurses at clinics, private clinics around the country, because they were taking people in who were not their patients. The individual would come in and wink, wink, wink to the doctor and say, look, I'm in pain. I need something for pain. Wink, wink, wink. And so the doctor would write him a prescription for opioids, and they're just acting like a drug dealer, a legal drug dealer. So the Justice Department arrested 421 of them. And again, in 2015, 52,000 Americans, 52,000 Americans, Dick, overdosed uh, on opioids that were prescribed to them by medical doctors Jeez. and died from overdoses of opioids. 52,000. What would happen to a street drug dealer if he killed 52,000 street drug uh, customers? That's something. You know, we were talking a minute ago about health insurance, and I didn't have it on my list of questions, but I'll ask you just to get your input with all of the uh, craziness that's going on between uh, whether Obamacare is going to live or die or whatever else is going to happen coming from the federal government. Any thoughts on health insurance in general, where to go, what to do with it, any suggestions? Yes, of course. Well, first of all, you need to do as much as you can for yourself. Do your own physical. Don't depend on a doctor who's living depends on you being sick, right? Mm -hmm. He's going to make a choice in his favor, not your favor. You're an ATM machine for him. Insurance is the worst possible thing for people's health, okay? Insurance yeah. is the worst possible thing for people's health. Well, on the other hand, Medicare, Medicaid is good. 
because it takes care of people who are indigent and that sort of thing, then just go to emergency room, the hospital is obligated to take care of it. It's not like you have to have insurance. But myself, I'm almost 78 years of age, and I have not been to a doctor for 75 years. I have not ever been on a prescription drug. I've never had any surgical procedures. Okay, except in the military, I've never had any vaccinations. And it's one of those things where I've been taking the basic program, the Healthy Start Pack, essentially, the the 90 cents of nutrients, twice a day for 75 years. And so if you give your body the raw material, it will maintain itself, just like you put oil in your car before the engine burns up. It'll go 300,000 miles before you need a new engine or a setup. Whereas if you, if you don't put oil in your car, you just put water in there or dirt from Texas, you don't get around the block. The same thing is true. These nutrients are necessary to prevent and reverse diabetes and Alzheimer's disease, things like arthritis, cardiovascular disease, kidney failure, dialysis, liver cirrhosis. These diseases are caused by nutritional deficiencies, and these nutrients are no longer found in the food. You must supplement, and that's why we have such great success. You must supplement. Supplementation is a great insurance policy. You always benefit from supplementation because these nutrients are no longer found in your food. The nutrients necessary to prevent or reverse these diseases are no longer found in the food. The only way you can deal with them, the only way you can prevent them and reverse them is to supplement. And this is what the books are for. Uh, Let's Play Doctor, Dead Doctors Don't Lie. My newest one is Epigenetics, The Death of the Genetic Theory Disease Transmission. I'm actually considered one of the two fathers of the science of epigenetics. The other one is Bruce Lipton, a British guy. He studies twins. I study large groups of animals that have the same mother-father. You know, we freeze the fertilized eggs or the embryos, and then when we get over 100, then we divide them into four groups and put them on different nutrition programs and things. And even though they're the same mother-father, guess what? They all turn out different. I mean, really different based on what they're fed because that's epigenetics. Your genes do not determine everything. They are a blueprint, and they can only do what they can do based on what you eat, what nutrients you get. If you're not getting them, you can have the best genes in the world, not going to work. Is it EPI genetics? Yes, epigenetics, EPI genetics. That's my newest book, bestseller for a time on New York Times bestseller list, bestseller for a time on the um, Amazon uh, bestseller list. And it is the cutting edge of how to prevent 900 different diseases, how to reverse most of them. There's some birth defects like fertile palsy, Down syndrome, and reverse. I do believe it's toe-tapping time. Let's see if we can squeeze a quick music break here. We're coming right back. Earlier in the show, I mentioned that I would tell you more about the latest health program that I'm on. I've had the good fortune to lead a relatively healthy life, although I'm not sure I can chalk it up to plenty of exercise and a wholesome diet. I've never lasted longer than three months in any health club, and most of my days are spent in front of a computer. But I've been a little surprised by the number of guests that I interview on this show who have type 2 diabetes. Most of us are in the baby boomer age range. I'm 72, and for me, age 50 was when I found out I had type 2 diabetes. I've used various prescriptions over the years, and some of them have helped reduce my numbers a bit, maybe down into the 130 range. Typical numbers for non-diabetics, 90 to 110. Two years ago, I cut back on sugary processed foods and my blood sugar numbers came down, though not as much as I had hoped. I lost 18 pounds, but not for long. The weight came back again. Recently, I started using longevity supplements and my diabetes numbers have come down even more. My morning numbers now are between 85 and 114. I can't say for sure why my numbers have dropped, but I can suggest 
that you take a closer look at the supplement packs I'm using, like the Healthy Body Blood Sugar Pack. Uh, my wife Mimi is using the Healthy Body Weight Loss Pack. You can find these two supplements on my website, ReduceYourNumbers.com, or just call me at 888-653-4399. Well, we have an almost natural segue happening because my next question is one of the highlights of the longevity program is called 90 for life, which relates to a group of 90 essential nutrients that have the greatest impact on bringing dynamic health to the human body. What's the essence of the 90 for life program? Okay, it's built on $100 billion worth of animal research, Dick, $100 billion worth of research in the great universities. Uh, agricultural schools, veterinary schools, uh, biochemistry departments and medical departments all over the world, $100 billion. And uh, again, in my 20,000 autopsies, what I learned, that's why my book is in the Smithsonian Institute of the National Treasure on those 20,000 autopsies, is because what I determined was every vertebrate, again, whether you're a flamingo or a rat or a human being or an elephant or a rabbit or a pig or a sheep or a flamingo, um, every vertebrate, when you're deficient in that same nutrient, you get the same disease. Before they thought these were all nutritional, excuse me, they thought they were all genetic diseases in humans and so forth. And it turns out by supplementation, they're all 100% preventable. Most of them, except for some birth defects, are totally reversible by supplementation. You can take somebody who's been a type 2 diabetic for 30 years and in 30 days they're next diabetic just by changing their diet a little bit and supplementing properly. We came out with a basic program that everybody could take. Uh, we call it the Healthy Start Pack. It's the 90 for Life. Uh, has 60, six zero minerals, 16 vitamins, 12 amino acids, 3 fatty acids. This is required by all vertebrates to prevent as many as 900 different diseases, including all the birth defects you can name. And then we have secret sauces for each of the uh, pre-existing condition type diseases. Now, these are just more of what's in the Healthy Start Pack. In other words, the same thing that's in the Healthy Start Pack to prevent type 2 diabetes, we have a product we call it the secret sauce for type diabetes, it has more of that nutrient in it. You add that to the basic healthy start pack and you take your fasting blood sugar every morning and as your blood sugar drops, you reduce your medication as your doctor taught you to do. And, uh, you know, usually within a couple of weeks to a couple of months, your next diabetic, your blood sugar is down below 100 without any medication. You go to your doctor, he double checks you, you say, oh my God, your A1C yield is like 4.2. It's always been running 8 and 9, now mm-hmm. it's 4.2. Right. And your blood sugar... It's 78 without medication for three weeks in a row. You're, I don't know why, but you don't have diabetes anymore. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm, and as I mentioned, I'm going to see my diabetes guy in a couple of weeks. But my the last time I saw him six months ago, I, I was at the highest A1C I've ever been. It was, I think, it was nine point one. He's been trying to get me under seven, and I have on rare occasion been under seven for, for various reasons, I suppose. However, I must say that my numbers, my morning fasting numbers, which I'm now checking every morning, have dropped significantly. So I'm expecting when I see him in two weeks. I don't know what that A1C is going to be, but I... It's gone from what to what? What was it before he started the program, and what is it now? Before I started the newest drug he put me on, which is Jardiance. No, no, no. I'm was, talking about the supplement for it. Uh, I'm using the uh, uh, blood sugar uh, mm-hmm. pack. Uh, mm-hmm. The pack. Sweeties is the additional mm-hmm. item in there. Prior to starting that, I'll say, I'm going to call it now, six weeks ago, uh, my average morning would come in at somewhere it used to be at 156 and when i did the change six months ago to a different type of prescription it dropped to about 130 when i started on the uh, blood sugar healthy blood sugar pack after about four to five days it i was waking up at four in the morning with 85 and 90 as my numbers and so i can say that my average run now and I can't make any claims as to why it's happening because I'm still also taking that uh, Jardiance, but I I can only lean in the direction of saying my numbers now range from somewhere between 95 to about 114 every morning. I haven't seen numbers like that in 20 years. And so here's where you say, okay, uh, my doctor said when my blood sugar gets too low, I can reduce my medication by 10%. 
So your Jardians, you should reduce it by 10% and see if you can hold those numbers. Okay. Then you reduce it by another 10%. You know, just do what the doctor says and reduce your medication based on your blood sugar level. And the whole idea of these programs, Dick, uh, rather than use claims, they just say, look, this is this program, uh, the Healthy Blood Sugar Pack, is designed to support and promote healthy blood sugar levels. It's designed to support and promote healthy sugar and carbohydrate metabolism at the cellular levels. We're always supporting and promoting. We cannot use the cure words. But eventually, your body, with the raw materials, will optimize its genetic potential for healthy blood sugar levels and healthy utilization of sugar and carbohydrates at the cellular level. But if you don't have these nutrients, no matter how good your genes are, you can't do that. All right. You know, one of the things that we've heard for years from the medical community is typically when they're pitching whatever pharmaceutical they may be pitching, that usually they manage to throw in some reference to your everyday lifestyle and diet. And they're not necessarily making any claims, but it's almost as if to say, as long as you exercise and have the right diet, this stuff will work for you. Well, how much does our basic everyday lifestyle and diet affect? affect our health. Well, again, as we said earlier in the program, Dick, these nutrients are no longer found in the food. Remember, plants only need three elements from the soil, and all vertebrates, including humans, require 60 from the soil. So you need a very beautiful tomato, a very beautiful carrot, a very beautiful stalk of celery. You can have all the cabbage you want, and um, sweet potatoes, beets, and you're going to get three nutrients. Okay, three elements from the soil. You might get some vitamins, but you're, when it comes to elements from the soil, you're going to get about average of three. That's the basic fertilizer that farmers use. And farmers get paid by tons and bushels of production. They do not get paid by the nutritional value of the food. Mm-hmm. So their concern is not how many vitamins and minerals in the food. They're looking at tons and bushels per acre. Yeah. That's the, that's the disconnect. Well, these nutrients are no longer found in the food because they're not necessary to make the plants happy. And so we have to supplement to make up the difference. Otherwise, you're going to get these pre-existing conditions because they are caused by nutritional deficiencies. That's based on $100 billion worth of research, which the medical community totally ignores. They totally ignore it because it is not in their financial favor to keep everybody healthy. That's closing the cash register, basically, for them. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, you know what? I And I think as we approach the, the wrap-up here, I, I, one of the feelings I have that as I get older and I think more about my, let's call it, philosophy of life, which is a pretty big question now, but wasn't even my thinking back in my 20s, would you be up for sharing some of the wisdom, including spiritual wisdom, that you've gained over the years? Oh, absolutely. And, of course, I like to work with churches for that very reason, uh, because I like to tap into the prayer list. You have somebody, for instance, on the prayer list, Dick, who has type 2 diabetes, and they'll be on the prayer list for 20, 30 years, and they'll get their feet amputated, and they'll go blind, and they'll get cardiovascular disease. All these are complications of chronic, uh, unmanaged type 2 diabetes. But when you throw in, say, you know, uh, look, um, faith without works is dead. In other words, we're required to do our part. You can't lay there, continue to do all the bad stuff, eat the fried foods, and expect the doc, uh, you know, the, the doctor to help you and the good Lord to rip out your bad heart and put a good heart in there. Mm-hmm. We have to give her the bad stuff that got us in trouble. We have to give our bodies what it needs to maintain itself or repair itself. And then prayer works. And so we can, and I've worked with so many churches, I mean big churches around the world, mosques and, and um, temples all over the world, where they incorporate this information, the longevity information, on the basic 90 for Life program, the Healthy Start Pack, the basic program, and then secret sauces for every health challenge they might have. If they can only afford a little bit, let's say they have seven diseases, they would go after the first one, which would be the most life-threatening, the most um, inconveniencing one, or the one that's damaging them the most, and do one at a time. They don't have to do them all at the same time because the nutrients that are missing to cause the other diseases are in the Healthy Start Pack, It'll take a little bit longer to show benefit because it's the maintenance amount. Mm-hmm. And prayerless suddenly now become a functional thing, and churches are going crazy over this because they're seeing miracle healings every week as opposed to once a year yeah. before. And so this is uh, becoming a systematic thing. We're working with Hawaii because uh, they have 1.4 million true residents and, and people who are true residents of Hawaii and were not the tourists. They're citizens of the state of Hawaii, 1.4 million, the smallest population of any state. Uh, we believe we can make Hawaii the first disease-free state in America. Wow. 
you know, if the government works on this, it'll save the government money, saves um, the businesses their money because the insurance rates will go down and so forth. And it's one of those things where when we show that the state of Hawaii cut their costs, say, from $2 billion a year for their health care costs to just a couple hundred thousand, everybody's going to stand up and notice. So this is where we're, this is where we're working. Okay. And it's been a revelation that you can work with bigger groups instead of one patient, one patient, one patient. That's why we came up with the concept of longevity was to leverage our time. We knew we had something special was to get this information out to everybody. And again, this is basic concept that all vertebrates, no matter what species you are, all vertebrates, including humans. And the, the revelation for me was, I'm getting crocodiles and alligators with type 2 diabetes. <laughs> I'm yeah. getting hummingbirds and deer with sickle cell anemia. How uh, does that happen? Yeah. You know, uh, what I'm thinking is, and I mentioned it earlier, it sounds like there's some things for you that are coming up. If I were to get back to you in, let's just say, six months, maybe, I don't know, sometime around, what are we talking, January, February, is there going to be some more things that are in the hopper at that point? Oh, absolutely. They're in the hopper now. I can't reveal them yet, but there's big, big things coming. And so we'll be able to uh, say some things in the three to six months that I can't say now. Okay. And so um, we'll look forward to sharing that with you, Dick, and your listeners. And just remember, when, when I was in high school, the big thing was everything was pink and black. <laughs> and the Beatles were the big thing, of course, and yeah. the, uh, the, uh, the Beach Boys. Sure. The Kingston Trio, the Carpenters, and so on. Yeah. Elvis. Yeah, and I was raised on the Kingston Trio. That's how I got into the music business was was with them. And and again, you and I are essentially from that same era. So, well, it's been a fascinating, what are we talking here, 45 minutes or even more. And it feels to me like we could probably do seven more shows with all of the information you've got. So let's plan on reconnecting uh, sometime over the next six months. And uh, until I talk to you then, thank you again again for uh, just a really great show. I sure appreciate it. Well, thank you so much, Dick, for letting us share with your audience. I know you have a fabulous following because of your background and your music, and I can't thank you enough for your contribution to those days and, uh, and your contribution to these days right now. And so thank you, thank you so much. And as soon as these things break through, even though we might not do the show in six, until six months, We'll keep you informed, okay. and so um, you can make those decisions, okay? Terrific. Thank you, Doc Wallach. I appreciate it. Some of you probably already know that the America's Oldies But Goodies podcast is on iTunes, Stitcher.com, and iHeartRadio, and I've got my own app, which you can get through the iTunes App Store. Just do a search for America's Oldies But Goodies. As Chris mentioned earlier in the show, you need to visit my website, americasoldiesbutgoodies.com, and not only take a listen to the archives of all of our shows, but to check out the groovy merchandise. For all you health-conscious baby boomers, because I'm type 2 diabetic, you're going to want to check out my other website called ReduceYourNumbers.com. It features nutritional supplements to lower your blood sugar and also for weight loss. You'll find those at ReduceYourNumbers.com. And finally, email me with your suggestions on what guests you'd like me to have on the show. I'd love to hear from you. So until next week, keep your face and a smile. It makes everything worthwhile. Bye-bye. You've been listening to America's Oldies But Goodies with Dick Scapatoni. If you've got any questions or suggestions, send us an email. The address is dick at americasoldiesbutgoodies.com. Join us again next week for more memories from the good old days. In the words of Jerry Garcia, what a long, strange trip it was. The Swingin' 60s. I'm John Berg. See you then. <laughs> ¶¶